Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show. I'm almost choking on my spit as I say that. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Number 261. <laughs> We're off to the races with a great start on this one. Uh, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, I hope you are not Good. choking like I am. <laughs> I No, I think my mouth is uh, appropriately wet, neither too wet nor too dry, just the way you like it. Just, just the right. way a mouth is ordered. Just the way G -G 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 Goldilocks would like it. Just right. <laughs> How's your weekend been so far, Melissa? It's been good. Did a lot of shopping. Bought a lot of new lights for my room. Yeah. Now that I have this fancy new webcam uh, with a greater angle on my room, you can see more of it. I've become... Very attentive to fine-tuning little things, so I bought a lot of silly little string lights. That's cool. That's fun. Um, I've I've had a pretty good weekend as well. Um, we're continuing our our Mission Impossible Ray watch. That's our goal for today is to finally watch Fallout. Um, <gasps> which I'm super excited for because it's Best. so good. Um, but. Yeah, we've had, we 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 had a big storm last night. Uh, woke up at like three a.m. with my phone being like flash flood warning, hail the size of golf balls. Be careful out there, folks. Don't go outside. Um, that's it. That's been my weekend. Good stuff, mm -hmm. fun stuff, dangerous stuff. You know how how it is. <laughs> um. If you guys did not know, here on the Whatnots Review Show, each week we have a different story to talk about. Could be a movie, a TV show, a comic book, an anime, a manga, an audio drama, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and talk about it. Uh, this week on the show, we have The Many Deaths Ooh. of Lila Star. Yeah, uh, this is a graphic novel that I have wanted to bring on to the show ever since I started reading it. Um, I, I fell in love with this book almost instantly. Uh, once I got that first issue in my hands, uh, I, I own all the single issues. I have a, a trade paperback. I have this little nice hard cover, uh, deluxe digestion that I'm holding up on camera. Um, right here, but the many deaths of Lila stars by Rom V and Felipe Andrade. Uh, published by Boom Studios. Uh, and yeah, I, I love this book a lot. So I really wanted to get this onto the show. I know I've probably said a million times on one of our podcasts, um, like, oh man, Melissa, this book, mm -hmm. amazing. And she's just sitting there like, all right, Kyle. All right, sure. <laughs> like, sure, Jan. You bring it to me. I'm right, I'm not yeah. gonna have time for this in my own spare time. You have to make this <laughs> podcast content. So I finally pitched it, and here we are, Melissa. You, you picked it. Uh, what did you think of the many deaths of Lila Star? I I picked this one out of your other pitches because you had been raving about it so much, and it was only five issues long. It was considerably shorter than everything else you were pitching to me, which was a real draw. And I think it's going to be a real draw for anybody who's interested in the story. This is a quick read. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a very effective story. It's something that is going to stick with you. It is going to have a long life in your mind, but you can read it in an evening. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can't say that about a lot of stories. I mean, it, you, you could read like a, a volume or two in an evening of of some other comic. But right. Usually those are ongoing series yeah. or stuff like that. And yeah, you, this you can get the, the, the full story uh, in about an hour, I think, is how long it took me to read this. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, I, I, I want to say it is like breezy in length, but not breezy in actual content. It's very introspective and whimsical and wistful, kind of melancholy, but kind of uh, hopeful, very touching. There's a yeah. lot packed into this evening's worth of reading. Absolutely. The art in this book is fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that the art was one of the reasons I picked up the book in the first place just to see all the incredible colors um yeah. and, and stuff that is happening on each and every page it's purples and reds and blues Ooh. and golds and and all sorts of stuff it's just it's fantastic um but yeah i i i have a million and one good things to say about this this uh book here it's 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 one that oddly enough like I, I, I'm a huge comic book fan. I have sh sh shelves and shelves and long boxes and long b boxes off screen of, of stuff. But there are very few comics that have affected me on such an emotional level that like I'm 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 still constantly thinking about them to this day. Like somehow like you can cry at a movie, right? I'm I'm a crier. I cry at movies sometimes. Um, but sometimes e even movies like that, I don't necessarily stick with me, um, mm -hmm. or, or, or don't affect me on an emotional level to the degree to which something like this book has. Um, and it's this book and I kill giants, uh, that wow. have are, are like the ones that just like somehow get me or speak to me in a way that I I, I don't necessarily really understand. Um, and I, I find that fascinating. Um, so the, the, this book, as the name kind of implies, uh, deals a lot with the concept of death and just what what it is, how you cope with it, how you react to it. Um, and it's a subject that I feel like in my life, like I, I haven't really been around that much it, it 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 hasn't been a stranger but like i don't know like i i don't feel like i've truly experienced it first hand and so a book like this on that topic I, I don't know why it affected me so much but it did and just like it it stuck with me like like you said it, it, it will haunt you um <laughs> But I've I've had a longer tale with this book than than you have, yeah, Melissa. Um, so I'm I'm kind of wondering, yeah, what what stood out to, to, to tell you about this? What were some things that you uh, liked, did not like? Uh, just kind of more spoiler furry thoughts. What was your experience like? You're right. This is visually stunning. Like the way the characters move the body language everybody has it's such a a languid book but also such a dynamic book everybody's posture and like movement and there's a scene where 
when Lila first gets reincarnated on Earth and she's alive and she like runs, just this big splash page of her running across the street with these big long limbs. Like there was so much dynamic movement like canned in those pencil lines. It's really yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's it's and interesting the for sure. It's it's like I said, there's a lot of emotion in it. I think it is ultimately a comforting story, but there's very sad mm-hmm. details in it. And there's also kind of funny details in it uh, to talk about the plot in someday in the future. Uh, immortality will be invented. Nobody's going to die anymore. So in this like afterlife office tower, this sort of all godly being calls the goddess of death up to his office like we've made your position redundant. You're going to have to go. And she shows up. It's not even like, redundant. It's like your position is useless now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like she shows up full, like Shiva goddess of death with the six arms and the blue skin and everything you've seen. And like the spiritual artwork, but she's wearing like a business power suit. And with her six arms, she's like checking her hair and like, putting on lipstick and a mirror as she's riding an elevator up to the office. Like, I don't know why I got called into this meeting. This is bad news. Yeah. And she's like, is this because taxes wanted my corner office? It's always been me and taxes (laughs) rivals for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, some, some good funny moments in it, in there for sure. Um, But, but yeah, they make her, position basically not available and so they as as retirement they send her down to mm. earth uh to live out the rest of her existence as a mortal um and i i get, guess that is a thing that the gods do i think that's an interesting uh thing because i i they they call it a retirement but mm. it, it almost kind of feels like a punishment uh to some degree but the fact that they're calling it a retirement means they must have like agreed upon this or this is something they (laughs) desire uh some kind of like understanding or experience that they want to have um or it's it's something neutral it's like we are reincarnating you down on earth you're completely out of our hands what you do with your time is up to you maybe that's good maybe that's bad i don't know just scoot down to earth with you um, and so the way that works is they end up taking over the body of someone who just recently died. So in a sense, it kind of makes it more like a near death experience because mm-hmm. they die and then maybe a minute later come back. Um, basically, that the god inhabiting them. So, yeah, the god of death inhabits the body of this girl, Lila Star. Um because death has figured out has has moved some things around uh, mm. and made a deal to get her reincarnated uh, very close to where the child who will invent immortality uh, where he is born so that she can go kill him um, and uh, that's kind of where the adventure begins is the 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 story is about her run-ins with this person um and her kind of musings on that whether she knows that she's running into him or not um and 
then also by the end of this book kind of his realizations that he's met her multiple times um and it's 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 a very affecting book i i think if especially like if you've had someone in your life pass away recently this might be an an interesting book to pick up i I don't know how therapeutic it might be or how cathartic it might be but i think it's one to just kind of contemplate um how how you're feeling about death or where you are um if you've thought about it or not um but yeah it's an interesting book you want to add anything else to the plot? Wise, did, did we miss it? Eh, no, eh, I don't know eh, if we mentioned eh, that it's all I, I, set I think... in. Uh, it's all set in India. I think we start in Mumbai. We might. Uh, I know we go to Goa later, mm-hmm. so we may be in multiple parts of India. But yeah, it's all story set in in Indian culture and Indian spiritualism and in, in Hindu mythology and stuff like yeah. that. It's stuff I'm afraid to say that I don't know very well. <laughs> Agreed. There's yeah, elements of this that felt familiar to me as a Westerner. Like I have seen this before, but I don't know the full context and meaning behind it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a nice, uh, a nice place to visit. It's a, it's a nice thing to be immersed in. To feel like you are learning a little bit, even again, even if you're missing the meaning and the context. It's a nice. Uh, it, it felt good to visit another space. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Highly recommend this book. Please go check it out. Um, But yeah, I think with that, we will take a quick break for housekeeping. And when we get back, we will start diving into uh, the book a little bit more in depth. So with that, we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, Head over to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Big shout out once again to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. If Thank you. you. Um, if you are at the $3 tier on our Patreon, you get the Pilots Club in which this month we talked about a, uh, a show from, from Netflix Spain called Cable Girls. Uh, it's a 1920s period piece. Uh, a bunch of women go work at a telecommunications company as switchboard operators. They all have their different reasons for being there. But in the pilot is also a heist. There's there, there's mm-hmm. one person there who's there to steal stuff and things get complicated real quickly. Um 
But yeah, that was an interesting one for us to talk about our first kind of soap opera that we we've gotten to talk about on the Pilots Club. Uh, so that was it was interesting for sure. Um, right here on the review show, some cool things that we've been up to this past week. We got to celebrate our national treasure, Nicolas Cage himself. Uh, <laughs> we went back and we watched uh, the movie adaptation in which Nicolas Cage plays the screenwriter and director Charlie Kaufman and his fictional twin brother. Uh, so double the Nicolas Cage, the most Nicolas Cage we could get. Um, so we had a lot of fun with that. Go check it out. That movie was fascinating. Um <laughs> Uh, over on the reactor core, uh, we have spoiler cast up for the flash asteroid city, as well as secret invasion. Uh, though just a quick note on secret invasion, we were originally planning to do that week by week. Um, but we have decided to group together the last handful of ish of last handful of episodes so three and four will be in one episode and five and six will be in one together um so yeah keep an eye out for all of that stuff over on the reactor core and then over on the captain's log not only did we recently have our annual trivia night which is always a lot of mm -hmm. fun uh but this past week we got to hang out and talk about some fireworks uh we, we <laughs> talked about nomona we we, we talked we about talked this about trailer people, to <laughs> we talked about how people don't hang out and talk about fireworks people <laughs> right, who plan to go us. see fireworks they'll watch fireworks <laughs> together and then at the end it's like well good night everybody Exactly. The next day, you're not like, man, remember the red one? That was a good red one. You mean you mean the, the peony to the star ring explosion that they <laughs> did there? There are names for all, all of this. Yes. I wish we knew what all of the combos were called. Like, is there a name for the right. combos of stuff? Interesting. Oh, my you God. That's a fastball special right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so lots of good stuff happening here at the whatnots. Please go check it all out. Um, but that is kind of about it for housekeeping right now. Um, so we will get into spoilers for the many deaths of Lila Starr. All right. Melissa, I think we need to start right here at the top. This giant office tower of the gods. <laughs> you know, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I I knew you would like this concept. Uh, it's it's unfortunately not in the book very long, really only the first mm -hmm. uh, like handful of pages. Um, but what did you think of this? What, like the, the, the book starts in this real kind of hectic, chaotic place because it's scenes of this office building uh, the scene of uh, Darius's mother in the taxi on the way mm. to the hospital to give birth. And then Lila before she originally dies at this party. Uh, what did you think about this kind of like a more hectic start to the book? We do have a a narrator a third person narrator saying like these are all of the pieces on the board for our story these are how all of them are going to come together yeah. uh and the the office tower full of gods 
even if I don't know the the gods well, uh, like some of them might like I might recognize some of the imagery, but I don't know all their names or what they do. Sure. But yeah. they look so striking. Like the Lila Star's boss is like three heads, like the living tribunal. There's somebody with like fire for hair. Like they're really striking and memorable. And mm-hmm. the whole concept of this secret unseen force operates just like a mundane office is something <laughs> like a concept we're all familiar with from other stories. Everything from dead like me to, I don't know, inside out or something. So yeah. you don't need to spend a lot of time there. It's like visually so clean and clear. Like you get it. You'd like to spend more time there, but it, the book gives you exactly what you need before it gets going into the cycle of death. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think one of the first things that stood out to me is uh, just how poetic the narration is. Um, that is, I think something that really took me right away because is Usually in comics, when you have like a narration box, especially in like superhero comics, uh, it is just kind of the inner thoughts of the character. Maybe they're speaking to themselves more like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, or it's the like crime noir detective, uh, you know, Batman stuff. Uh, But this there was something about it that was. I mean, we, we, we learn later on that most of this book is narrated by the g- 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 god of life. Um, I think mm. his name was. Oh, God, I forget his name. Um, yeah, she, she calls him like prom or something like she, she's familiar with him, of course, life and death. So she's got like a nickname for him. Right. Um, let me see if I can find his name here in a sec. But yeah, um, it's it's mostly him narrating um, and. He just has this kind of very slow, poetic pace to describing things. There is this calm steadiness to the way he speaks um, that is really, really interesting because the, the like reflecting on on the book. Yeah, I think the the how how hectic the book kind of starts in what it's depicting is kind of reminiscent of life when you think of life as a whole it is hectic it is uh like just things are happening all over the place um but but then yeah he has this kind of calm reflection to his voice there that it it is in a sense this idea that despite everything life will go on and so he just continues at this steady pace um that i i really really enjoy, enjoyed um yeah she she calls him oh here we go uh prana i believe is his name p-r-a-n-a-h um that's how it's spelled so yeah um but i i really really enjoyed that you get this like juxtaposition of like two things that i think you could easily equate with mm. life just that the hecticness and the yeah. craziness of everything that's ha- happening but then this idea that it just it just kind of keeps on and mm-hmm. that's also really interesting considering how the book ends here with kind of that sentiment is that it just at, like at the end of 
the day life just kind of keeps going on. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that was neat. Um, mm-hmm. I but, like uh, yeah. that every time Prana reincarnates her, he's like, no, I can't keep doing this. Eventually <laughs> the head office is going to catch on. They're going to get mad at me. I'm not as invulnerable, you know, to the office culture as you think I am, but it yeah. keeps happening. I think that's very charming. And I love the conceit that every time Layla gets reincarnated, huge irregular amounts of time have gone by. Like the yeah. first time she gets brought back to life after she's first reincarnated and then immediately gets hit by a car. Uh, it's like, it's been eight years. It's been 12 years. It's been 20 years. It's been 38 years. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 he, so I, I, I think this is because we aren't necessarily familiar with this pantheon of g- 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 gods, mm. but do you know, or did you get a sense that, like, what, what, what was the relationship between life and death here? It, to me, it almost seemed like brother and sister. Um, like mm. they had some kind of familial role um because i i don't i never felt like there was anything super untoward or like there's not really any sexual stuff happening Mm -hmm. between them that's not what this book is the closest thing we get to that is she wakes up and he's already like he's already there looking at at her and she's just like Mm. have you been watching me sleep um but I, I think just the the way they the way they talk, the way he is kind of bending the rules for her, the way she calls him by a nickname instead of his full name, mm. um, just to me read like some kind of familial relationship. Yeah. There. Or maybe like the the bond you have after you've been colleagues with somebody shoulder to shoulder for, in this case, millennia. Eons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they had an interesting r- r- relationship because yeah, he was kind of poking fun at her. He's like, "Again, you died again? Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep meeting like this." It is very funny how many times she dies in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, each each t- time it's a different way. This first this first issue I think is a lot of fun. Um, because I mean, what's what's fascinating, what's fascinating about this book is that each issue is also just so different from the next one. Um, like this first one, she gets reincarnated. Uh, the body of Lila Star uh, fell or jumped. It's not entirely clear out of this window from this party. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe she died of boredom or this guy hitting on her was just so in like boring that she was just like anything else please Um, (laughs) but she gets taken to the hospital she's declared Mm. dead she's in their like morgue down in the basement for like 20 minutes um and th- that's when she finally wakes up again with the goddess of death inside her and there's this little ghost kid just hanging out in the hospital i like her um yeah and they like immediately 
just kind of go on an adventure together. Um, Lila tries to make it to the infirmary where all the babies are. She picks up Darius, and he is just this like blob of God, a baby. He's so cute. I like I, like I was talking about earlier the like physical body language of everybody in the comic where if they're moving they're really moving and if they're not yeah. they're really not and he's just like this like little he's goblin with these tiny rock. legs this blob <laughs> yeah right um, and and she's contemplating on like how to kill this baby but the g- 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 ghost I, th- I think her name was moon moon um Ugh, I, yes I she's just sitting there like, I don't really understand what you're doing here or why you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's name is Darius. And she's just she's sitting there holding this baby like what? Why would you tell me its name? Like, yeah. now, like she's like, well, if you know its name, you can't kill it. <laughs> she's just like, which is true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that. First off, I really liked Moon Moon. I was disappointed when the next issue was like so many years later. And in every issue. We don't get issue, to see her again. Yeah. Yeah. Every issue, Lila's got a new sort of spiritual companion. She's got Moon Moon. She's got the crow. She's got like the, the spirit of the Chinese temple. You don't see anybody again. So that's that's it for Moon Moon. I, I do like that Lila's like, I'm going to kill the inventor of immortality so I can get my job back. When is he alive? He's been alive for three hours. I'm going to get him. I don't know when he invents this That's thing. My I got to get him as soon as possible. He'll be helpless. And Moon Moon's like, you can't kill a baby. The baby is like a name and a family. And he's here with all the other babies. I like that it works. I like that Lila's like, yeah, now that I hold him and I look in his eyes and I know what his name is and we are here in the same physical space and he's a living being in my living being hands and we're not just like two abstract concepts out here in the universe. Yeah. I am chickening out. I can't do it. It's interesting because the way she responds is still, I feel like how she would respond as the god of death. She's still just like, so who cares if he has a family? But also... I think internally without even saying it, this is her like she's now no longer a god. She is a mortal. She is a, a, a m- 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 mortal, not immortal. Um, mm. And so killing something has a different weight to it. Right. And she's kind of internally wrestling with that of like, what what will that mean for me then as a mortal? And especially now that I know it has a name and has a family, like, what does that say about me? Right. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. it, it's th- like there's this this interesting like, what? Why would you tell me its name? Like what? What's happening? <laughs> um, but but yeah, she runs out immediately once she's discovered to be alive. Um, and what I, I love about these chase scenes here is that she's really not in the camera of these chase scenes you see her like just off camera like maybe you see her foot or like maybe you see her arm it's like a stationary camera and she just Mm. ran past you but you have this like arm that's blurry uh, and things being knocked over behind her 
Um, and then, yeah, she runs out the side entrance and just immediately gets hit by a bus, which is kind right. of comedic, like in, in its yeah. own right, right? She's making it an escape and then just boom. <laughs> yes. And then the book talks about how everybody at the hospital talks about her, like the girl who died came back to life for 20 minutes and, and then immediately died again. <laughs> god yeah that's kind of wild um but, but yeah then that's when we kind of get the info that okay the god god of life has now revived her um and they are on earth uh at some location and has been like it's now been eight years since mm. you got hit by a bus i i don't know if just the the logistics, the bureaucracy of resurrecting yeah. someone takes that long or takes a certain amount or the way. Or maybe it has to do with they how die. she died. Something. Yeah, like if she gets smushed by a house, that's going to take longer than getting smushed by a car. It isn't explained, or, but I do like the device of it that every time she this? dies, it is a long but non-specific amount of time that could take for her to come back. It's an it's an interesting thought for sure. What about this? What so it, it, the fact that it happens multiple times, the the god of life it, he he's d- doing it on purpose. Like mm. it's not it's not the higher ups telling him to do this, but it it feels like yeah. he he's putting his fingers kind of in pies that they maybe shouldn't belong in, and he's kind of twisting things or. Mm. manipulating things to his own way of doing things um which is an, an interesting thought that i i don't think i really th- thought about until just now did 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 you get a- any kind of read like that that there might be something he's trying to do in instead <sighs> we know that he isn't technically supposed to bring her back to life but he does as a favor to her, because they are old friends, it seems like he's sort of watching over her corporeal form in these in-between mm-hmm. times. She just sleeps on his couch, I guess, for 16 years. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, we, we don't know specifically why, but I do like the device. There's something extra haunting about blink and you miss it massive time gaps massive gaps in time and space like really at least for me hit some like deep childhood fear it's like the dreams you have where you're getting ready to go somewhere and you're like okay let me go into my closet and get my shoes and you getting your shoes takes like the entire day and you missed whatever event you were going to it's the 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 clerk's like i'm not even supposed to be here today (laughs) right it's it's that sort of uh deep-seated dream terror <laughs> that this book right. touches upon yeah absolutely um yeah i like i can even see because I, I think there's that there's one point where pran says something along the lines of life doesn't really have meaning without mm. death so yeah i like i'm wondering if, if he's also kind of manipulating things in a sense to teach Darius a lesson or something maybe, like that maybe maybe um, she is designed to come to be awakened 
to encounter Darius at specific times in Darius's life. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, that could be the thing of like, it, of, uh, if, if you view the afterlife as this giant office building corporation kind of thing, right. It could be that they got rid of a number of positions, let people go, but then they kind of have to see how the dust settles after that. And then mm-hmm. they're like, Oh yeah, you know what? Maybe we also don't need life. Uh, we, we don't need the God of life here. Uh, maybe we can let him go. I, 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 I like, I wonder if he's kind of having those thoughts of like, oh, well, if they let her go, it's only a matter of time until they realize that mm. I'm not really necessary um, or something like that. Um, it's an, an interesting thought. I Yeah, I hadn't really, I, I really considered that that aspect there. Um, but but yeah, I, I like his character a lot because he's just this. uh real suave looking dude oh, always has a nice suit mm-hmm. on some yeah some, he's like drinking tea has a bunch of jewelry on stuff like that um but yeah so issue two the, then darius is now eight years old um mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed this one the whole like storytelling aspect of this this um this servant that darius's family has uh, when he's young and he is also just this like larger than life figure, yes. this like mythological yes. figure with again with these like extremely long limbs that just make him, yes, yeah, seem like some kind of creature from some fairy tale. Um, and it I yeah, it's an interesting story to then see how attached Darius got to this person, even though he didn't really have a a relationship with the family per se beyond employer employee. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Darius learns that he dies, he like breaks all the rule. He escapes and like runs away from home just to go witness the the funeral. Um, mm-hmm. which is an, an interesting thing. Cause I, I don't like when you think about kids running away, you probably don't expect right. them to be like, I want to go to a funeral. Um, <laughs> exactly. Just let me live my, my life, mom. I want to go to a funeral. Um, right. yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's Darius's first, re- like, it's not, it's not the relationship that I feel like maybe more Westerners are usually attuned to where it's like a pet, right? Where it's like, oh, my oh. hamster died or like my my uh-huh. my dog passed away or something. Like it is an actual person that he finds himself so attached to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he has this like deep seated care for 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 him. Yeah. Like he even just questioning like why can't we give him some of the fruit Mm -hmm. that that, like he harvests for for us he just doesn't understand in 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 that way is just like but no let me go give him some regardless um Mm -hmm. yeah i i i really like saying that uh that aspect of darius that he really cares for people he does 
He's so sweet. And the man's life, I forget the man's name, uh, but he's such a mystery to Darius. Like, who is he? Where does he come from? Why is he so tall? Where does he come you from? Know, why Where does do he we... go? <laughs> right. Why, why can't he come inside? Why does he bathe in the river? Why do we give him this food, but not this other food? Like, when he leaves, where does he go? Like, he doesn't know anything about this man's life. He just knows his character. He doesn't know the facts of him, but he knows, like, emotionally who he is. What this man means to him, that this man is good and is strong and is kind. Uh, and so, like, it's just from one mystery into another. When he dies, like, Darius still doesn't have answers to any of his earlier questions. And now he's got a much bigger mm-hmm. question. Yeah, that what is death? I don't like it. How do I stop it? Yeah, because even with him coming into contact with the concept of death, even before that, he has this kind of revelation that like he's living his life somewhere else. And I don't get to see that. Like there, there is a, a a chance that I won't even get to see him again, even if he is alive. There, there is this like concept yeah. of like being here and then not be being here. Like just that that kind of separation, right? Um, and I think I think it's through that that he is then f- introduced to the concept of death. It's 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 no longer oh he's alive, but he's just somewhere else, and you can't see him. Mm-hmm. It's he no longer exists, um, mm-hmm. and he's he, like he's str- he's str- he's struggling to un- understand what exactly that means. Um, and so yeah, wants to run away to go see his his funeral to uh to try and un- to uh, understand all of that and meanwhile we get lila starred uh sitting at uh like a cafe or on a roof somewhere and talking to a raven um who has n- n- i think the ra- 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 raven at one point makes a, j- a, j- a, j- a joke and says wow i've never seen a talking h- human before <laughs> um i think it's like a crow spirit like the crows are supposed something to be like the, that yeah the the farriers of the dead uh yeah and so when lila realizes that the crow is huge and is carrying her around like Oh, t- t- I die again? Is that what this is? She's just like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like she is, she's there in this city and she's witnessing this funeral, not knowing who the funeral is for um, or the significance it plays in Darius's life. And then she runs into this small kid, which she doesn't mm. really know is Darius at her heart. Um, and she just kind of has this brief interaction, this brief talk with him just kind of about how he's feeling and, and what's on his mind. And then, yeah, he runs off into the crowd of the funeral and that's where she loses him. Um, and then like finally sees him off in the distance because he hears his family calling his mm-hmm. name being like Darius. And she's just like, wait, that was him. Like, oh, my God. Like, I I just ran into him and had no idea. Like, I could have killed him then. Why didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's also standing out 
in at sea and then kind of gets pull, 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 pulled in by the spirits that are in the wa- mm. wa- water um, or as some might explain, so like a, a riptide in an undercurrent yeah. um, and she drowns um, and that's when she's just like, ah, shit, it died again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, this Damn is going to keep happening, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the next time she wakes up, uh, Darius is now like 20 years mm-hmm. old in, co- in and college. she encounters him at a, at a party. And she's been living up a high party life. Uh, she's drinking drugs, sex, <laughs> dancing all night, stuff like that. And she counters him at a party. Again, I think it takes her a little while to realize who he is. And he tells the story about how his girlfriend just broke up with him and his best friend just died. And the death of the best friend is one of the more haunting things in this book where the friend is like works in video and it's like, Oh yeah, I helped shoot a commercial here at this abandoned factory a couple weeks ago. The place is still abandoned. I still know how to get in. This is our cool new hangout spot. Like they're young enough that they're like, we need a cool secret clubhouse and it's an abandoned pillow factory. Just so wild. You don't think about there being a whole factory just for pillows. Down it's got this big sign on the walls. Pit. Yeah. Right. All the feathers are still there. They just jump into the feather pile. And there's a sign on the wall that says, we don't just make pillows. We make dreams, uh, which is so <laughs> haunting in this like sad, gray, empty place. And the, you know, the three of them, him and his, best friend and this girl uh that th- hang out in this this abandoned pillow factory is these to smoke and young drink and stuff like that yeah. yeah and his friend is like the coolest guy and Darius wishes he was like as cool as his friend and what if the girl likes him and doesn't like her you know it doesn't likes the friend but doesn't like Darius and later you find out that the friend died when there was some political uprising and like some protest and all of this chaos the pillow factory got lit on fire while he was in there and of course it's full of very flammable material so it goes right up like when you learn that that's how he died you were expecting like oh he there was an accident like he he jumped into what he thought was a pile of feathers but it wasn't where the pile of feathers was hiding like a sharp heavy piece of machinery under there you're expecting yeah. that like he falls, there's an accident or maybe like somebody else knows, hey, there's an abandoned pillow factory. Let's do crime there. And he gets shot or something to have him die in like a somebody lights the building on fire, not even knowing that he's in there. It's so impersonal. Even having like a, cr- a criminal come across him and shoot him feels more personal than that. There's another human in the equation. Well, He's that's just the thing is- nothing. He's zero. He's collateral damage. He's invisible. It's such a, a, a careless death. <laughs> like of all the ways to go out. Darius isn't exactly sure how it happened. He knows mm. he was in the building and the building got lit on fire, but he's not sure if, it was just like an errant Molotov cocktail that got in yeah. or saw something. Oh, yeah. Um, or if someone saw him and they chased him in back in there uh, and just in the chaos thought he was someone who shouldn't be there or something. I, I don't know. It, there's just this uncertainty of. Yeah. 
of what exactly happened. And yeah, it, you're, you're right. It does make it for this very impersonal and and yeah, just very impersonal and and just another mystery in in Darius's life of of this like lack of understanding. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just it haunts him and it kind of leaves him half the person that he was, which is basically what he says. Um, and his girlfriend, as a result, like doesn't really it is is like she's kind of moved on and he has not. And so she's just like, dude, you're stuck here and I'm not yeah. going to wait like I, I, I can't. I can't. Um, and her kind of last words to him as she breaks up with him and then leaves the party uh, is you'll thank me later, um, which we we don't get any kind of return to that really um i think he mentions her once uh later on in issue four i think but um yeah like he's just he's just kind of stuck and lost in life and not really sure what to do with himself at this point um and yeah, Lila has this interaction with him as they're on the balcony of this apartment building where the party is. They're both smoking and talking and stuff like that. And it's not until after she had died that like life was like, that was him. And she was just like, yeah. what, really? Again? Again? Come on. Like, we, we shared a cigarette. That whole I mentioned that every issue kind of has like a spiritual companion, like it's the ghost girl, it's the crow. In this one, it's narrated by a cigarette. <laughs> the cigarette this they are smoking. Issue three was the the issue. I mean, like I was already sold on on the book, mm-hmm. but issue three, realizing that this third issue is narrated from or like is told from the perspective of a cigarette blew my mind and i was just like i love this book (laughs) this book is incredible uh it's so good like it's so it it feels creative it's it's a nice change of pace from the narration of of prawn um who who has been it Mm -hmm. it goes back to him narrating it um but still it it just it was this nice kind of change of pace also it it felt it, and i i i a thousand percent mean this as a compliment it felt like not only was this darius's years as a college kid but it feels like the kind of like college like it yeah like a, a, a college kid was like but what if i wrote my entire essay from the perspective of a cigarette right <laughs> and it, it, it yeah. works it it like i feel like it works it i yeah I, I i i don't know but it just it spoke to me in such a creative way that i was just like this is cool i like this <laughs> um but uh yeah it 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 also still holds that like poetic language that the god of life has because he like the narration starts with something along the lines of of like my life started with a kiss and and a spark uh and and, right and it's just like that like 
hook me on sentence yeah. one. Okay, <laughs> we're off to a great start. Um, but it, I think even the metaphor of Darius kind of contemplating his life and the cigarette realizing that he's kind of the same as Darius, that he's just kind of sitting there while the cigarette burns and burns and burns, and then this big chunk of him just kind of fell off when his best friend died. Um, mm. I, 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 I thought that was was was, int- yeah. was interesting. Um, yeah, issue three was fantastic. I, I liked that one a lot. The colors in that one especially yeah. are also really neat because in the like hazy smoke party it does start to get a little more neon there's like lime greens Mm. and purples and 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 stuff like that whereas the other ones have that in there as an as an artistic interpretation but it is more realistic in a way if that makes sense like this feels almost like they are bathed in all these like led neon lights and stuff like that and it just has like the characters are long and wavy and elongated Mm. because they're all high and drunk and stuff stuff like that um and then yeah it was a fire that also killed lila in this one an apartment fire caused by a cigarette um mm-hmm. yeah so she like that that one I, I feel like is the most nonchalant right just like low-key yeah. death too just like yeah it, like and and she's the only one that died everyone else yeah. made it out Ooh. of the apartment except for her how did you read that because i think part of me wants to say she just didn't care but I'm wondering if the other part of me is that she was ter- like is thinking that she was trying to get everyone out. I don't know. I every other death is an accident. Like she doesn't realize she is in mortal peril. She doesn't realize she has died. Something just happens to her. True. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it was uh, Prana who was like, I, I. I know I keep bringing you back to life. I know like you're my pal. I got to take care of these actual living people and make sure they continue to live. I'm sure, like, yeah. that's my, my number one job. <laughs> exactly. If you die, um, I'll get you later. It's fine. Yeah. We'll get you next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we open up with the issue four. Um, now I think like 20 something years after that. Um, and he is i think darius now is living in a house he's kind of this recluse uh kind of this shut in he he's already had a storied career um as Mm. a scientist um very successful and is kind of known in the neighborhood as this like giver of life uh they they bring him these like hurt no things, there's these the dead one things. in between there's the oh, one in yes. between where like his his wife has just died 
she catches up to him in in adulthood, you know, when he's like 35 or 40 or something and goes to his house and sees all these newspapers and like accolades and awards. And he's this major like uh, scientist and philanthropist and things like that. And then she learns that his wife died. And I think this is when he realizes, I know you. I've seen you before. You must be following me. And like she sort of confesses, I'm death. Uh, I came here to kill you. I couldn't kill you when I was when you were a baby. I keep trying, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like they sort of have a, a meeting and he's angry at her for taking his wife. Like why her? She didn't deserve this. You know, our, our child didn't deserve to be motherless. What is the meaning behind everything? It's yeah. that one. Well, he's he's also notice that it's every time someone in his life that is oh, that yeah. he cares about passes away which she did not re- realize or notice um that like shortly after these people pass away he has an encounter with with her um and she's sitting there like no i'm here for you i didn't know about the other people um i don't know who they are uh and and he's just, like he has it so set in his mind that you're the one taking these people from me and in a sense he wouldn't have been wrong if she still had her job um mm. but that's not necessarily true uh nowadays and and so they're both kind of at odds here of like no i'm here for you and he's like no you're here for my wife like you already like and so their meeting doesn't really go well it kind of abruptly ends and she ends up leaving his house as he gets super mad um but yeah i it, it it just it's it's interesting to me that he has such a different perspective on it um i was reading another comic uh last night it was house of slaughter volume two um it's a little spin-off book from something is killing the children fantastic series we've covered the first couple volumes of mm. that here on the review show uh but it in this book in particular, there there's a character who I'm not sure exactly how to des- describe him. He's sent on this mission to investigate something that's been happening uh, around a bunch of people g- 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 getting injuries to their uh, 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 eyes. And of course, like the people start to talk and the kids start to be like, it was a monster, like all of mm. that stuff. And as that spreads, the idea in that universe is then the monsters become real. Um, but this character in particular is often someone who does not speculate on things the way he, he's very much about facts. He has a good memory. So he like, remembers all these case files and stuff and he won't exaggerate or speculate on what this could be or what this might mean he just says no it's this this thing Mm -hmm. there um and that kind of like when when he realizes that's why he's there that they don't want him to speculate on the stuff that he just is supposed to kind of give this non-answer to the public of of just being like nope not a monster Mm -hmm. 
it's this thing, right? Um, he kind of realizes that there are different ways that people interpret the same situations and people kind of look into things in different ways. And that's why when I look up at the stars, I just see stars and mm. someone else sees a constellation that is a bear. Um, and I, I, I feel like that's kind of what's happening here in this book is, is Darius is looking into the, the situation is looking into what happened. Why do I always see you? Why do I always have an encounter with you? And why do you look the same? Um, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you haven't aged a day. Um, and and he, he's he's just kind of lost. So he's looking for answers. Um, is 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 kind of what I got out of that. And I think it's out of anger then that he starts to look for immortality right he's just like i'm gonna beat you like you won't be coming around here anymore this is the last that uh i will see of 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 you is that, is that how you you read this whole situation here in issue four yeah he's kind of catching on to her game and you can see that this is really where the idea to solve mortality comes from that from here on out is where he's going to spend maybe he's already started something like that we can see that he's already a scientist of some kind but this is where he's like no for real nobody around me dies anymore yeah yeah um so he he kind of does it out of spite um and then it's how does she die in this this one. is the one where she finds the oh, she's, uh, a sort of spirit the, the in a temple. Chinese temple. And there's a story about how once, like decades ago, this big new factory or mill or something opened. And all these workers came in from China to work there. Uh, and there was this little boy whose father came to work at that mill or whatever it was. And the family also opened up, I think, like a little shrine and... As time has gone on, he keeps the shrine open and he's there every day. He just leaves to like go get lunch or something. And then he comes back and the spirit of the shrine is like, I know his patterns. I know how he works. Almost like uh, a pet waiting for its its human to come home. Like I, I know his, his habits. He's supposed to be home by now. And there's this terrible, terrible storm that day. And the man's very old anyway. I think what he dies of is old age. He like goes out for his mm -hmm. lunch and he dies. Uh, and later, the storm causes all this flash flooding and it destroys this temple, like the last Chinese temple in the city left over from that that generation of, of Chinese immigrants to that part of India. And it's a sort of end of an era, not just end of a life, but end of this like cultural thumbtack in the world, like end of this one touchstone uh, for and it was for, it seems like nobody came to the temple anymore. Like the people it was there for weren't yeah. in the area anymore. New people didn't come in. So it was just this one old man continuing what he thought must have been his life's work. You know, but it, he's like, this is what I know to do. This is what I think is important. I've, even if it's only for me, I'm going to keep doing it. And then he dies and the temple is coincidentally 
fatefully destroyed the same day. And that's how Lila dies. The temple collapses on top of her. Yeah. How come you think we got that story rather than like the story of his wife? Um, of Darius's wife? Because this this temple really has nothing to do with Darius. He's not Chinese. He doesn't believe in any kind of Chinese gods or anything like that that we know of. Um, the The character that dies in this again had like doesn't really touch or influence Darius's life in any real way. This one seems to be more for Lila herself. Yeah. I guess it's a it's a connection with other cultures, with other senses of of gods and of the the afterlife and of the spiritual world. She's caught kind of and I don't I think the spirit she's talking to doesn't have like a name or really a specific counterpart so. in in any sort of specific religion. Uh it doesn't feel you know, the way she's can be like an avatar of, of, of Shiva. Like the, the, the spirit she's talking to is in the specific avatar in that way. We sort of a broadening of learning. A, we sort of get removed. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with Darius. It's about like a different culture. Somebody Darius like never met has no idea of, but you do wonder if you, you can imagine Darius's house is like covered with these newspapers, it's these stories mm-hmm. of his, his acclaims and of the death of his wife. You can imagine him seeing this story in the newspaper. Man dies and his temple is washed away that same day. And that might give further credence to him mm. saying, we can't have death anymore. Look at how in tuned life is to everything around us. The man dies, the building dies. If I can keep people alive, I can keep so many more things alive as well. Yeah, like he, even this idea of this guy died kind of unceremoniously. And he, even though mm-hmm. the, 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 the town knew him and seemed to like him, um, it, it seemed like very quickly this guy was going to be forgotten just in the kind of yeah the in the way that life just kind of moves on mm-hmm. right and i'm wondering yeah if that is maybe a spark for darius to be like hey if i can solve immortality if i can invent that then one this guy won't have to die he can keep this culture alive but then two like he won't go, go unremembered he, even though the thing mm. might not have been some grand like i invented immortality but just i i kept this one shrine alive yes. and clean like that i think is maybe important to him in a way, way that he didn't realize that Darius thought that this was important to 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 him in a sense that even if it's something small that you do like you have like you're doing an important thing here um who knows maybe Mm -hmm. that's what he thought but But then it's the next chapter the final chapter chapter, he is now darius he's a very old man yeah and his he's estranged from his son he lives in this like little beach house in Goa, which is this like uh, beachy resort 
area of, of India that a lot of people vacation to. And this, there's been like some big beach festival and these, these kids are helping to clean up after the beach festival. And they see like a little puppy who was like almost squished under like a, you know, a, a music bandstand or something. And the, the family's like, that little guy's not going to make it. He's so little. He's so thin. His leg is broken. I'm sorry, honey. But the girl's like, no, I know a guy. I've heard of this guy. If he can do anything, he can do this. And she walks like six miles by herself to take the little puppy to old Darius. And Darius has like a house full of animals. Like that's what Mm -hmm. he's come to do is he sort of moved his focus away from people and like the super science of immortality to the more attainable home uh the less uh, incredible in terms of magic or science just like i work really really hard at healing specific sick little animals people bring me people know that they can bring the animal to me i'll do everything possible i can within my own little beach house and yeah yeah, I'm, i'm surrounded by all these dogs and cats and stuff now as a testament to what i've done yeah um yeah, he's he's kind of a recluse, except he is known for healing these these mm-hmm. uh, these animals and stuff like that. And what we learn is when Lila shows up is he invites her in. They have they they kind of immediately ap- apologize to one another. Of mm-hmm. he's like, I was mean to you last time you showed up, and. It's a different look for Darius because of how angry he was at her last time. And he has a different perspective on life than he did. However, 30 something years ago um, that he last saw her. And what we come to learn is that. He did invent immortality. He solved it. He figured it out. But before kind of publishing his work or anything like that he decided to just put it in a show box and stuff it in his closet and mm-hmm. i think by that point after uh seeing um that the worker at his house pass away seeing his best friend die seeing uh his wife pass away like finally by being surrounded by all of this death i think he gained a new perspective on the importance of it in in the in the grand scheme of things right and how if if things lived forever they 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 would just kind of go into obscurity in a way Mm -hmm. that death tends to memorialize things yeah. in a weird way even though we we just talked about like the the guy at the temple might not be remembered in the near future but in in the odd times that you do talk about him or he does come up right he would be the like yeah and that guy is the one that did that he he kept that temple yeah. alive um or you think about the the original Lila Star, the girl who died, came back to life and then immediately died again. She right. is immortalized now for that story. Yeah, um, and it's it's it it's kind of the memories you have of people that immortalize them. 
rather than any kind of science or magic or who knows what it it, it is how you remember them how fondly you remember them and uh they there there is there is a purpose to passing on and not not existing any more and then living in people's memories and stuff like that it's it's deep it's introspective but yeah kind of at the end here it there is this like hopeful feeling as yeah darius also then reveals that he's about to die i I forget Mm. if they said he was like dying of cancer or something like that Um, he was also just quite old but uh yeah his son finally comes back he gets to reconcile with his son um and and do do that but he kind of reveals to lila that he is kind of content um that he's he's a-okay but the last thing he wants her to do is look at the box uh, in which he hid the immortality stuff. Uh, and she gets to look at that. What did you think of him just kind of tossing it in this shoebox and <laughs> just being like, well, that'll go in the closet? It's kind of hopeful that it's the opposite of the Jurassic Park problem. Okay. Where, <laughs> where Jeff Goldblum was like, you were so worried about whether or not you could you didn't think about whether or not you should this mm-hmm. is somebody who could who did and thought about whether or not they should like yeah. there's something positive in proving like oh if we wanted to solve immortality we could do it this guy did it by himself he did it uh and then he decided i don't think it's that important i i keep it away as a secret as a personal sense of pride and he doesn't even keep it too he keeps the knowledge to himself, but he doesn't keep the benefit to himself. He purposefully does not make himself immortal. He allows mm-hmm. himself to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's an important thing to to note here. Um, there was a, a particular um, set of panels here in the last issue. Um, <laughs> there's there's also there's also one when she she finally gets to explain the whole thing of like I. I almost killed you as a baby, but I couldn't. And then he just busts out laughing. There's this panel of him being like, bah! like you idiot. <laughs> That's why you're here. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a particular set of panels in this final ish issue that I think are particularly strong. And it's, it's Darius talking about what he's learned about life. Um, and it's three, moments in which he's reflecting on his life and there's a panel of him on the shoulders of the worker at his house and the the summer that he just had a great time there's a a panel of and now i forget if that's uh he i I guess that's his best friend or no that's the girlfriend i don't remember um and then there's the third panel of him hugging his son when his son is young, ju- just after he lost his mm-hmm. wife. But the narration here says, this is what I have learned in all my years, Lila Star. We are strong, all mortal things. We live because we truly des- desire to. Do you uh, understand? 
each heartbeat, every breath is a rejection of death. And he's like, I already did it, you see? And that's when he he reveals that, like, I already made it. It worked. I just shoved it in my closet instead. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's, he's come to this con- con- conclusion that humans are resilient they they will fight to survive like he's he's not really the one fixing these living things right he's not really the one saving this puppy the puppy himself is fighting for for life here and that is this kind of rejection of death that he wanted so much uh when when he met her that that third time and was just like i'll get you (laughs) Um, he yeah he sees something else he has this new perspective and i think that's really beautiful like a a a really interesting way to look at life and its meaning that life in and of itself is a kind of immortality like uh, and, and and that's not to say I like I, I don't think he's trying to say like we were born to die. And so every mm. little breath we take is like one more step into like, you know, I, I don't think it's 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 that. But yeah, there's the, he, he I think he's recognizing a beauty and a meaning and a purpose that he did not see before. Um so yeah, so yeah, then this book ends in like a, a, a real hopeful, hopeful place. Yeah. Which is is interesting for sure. Um and then we kind of get to see what's inside the box, kind of. She opens it, but it's kind of like it looks like a journal and then some kind of wrapped package that's in there. Um but Lila at the end of the day also decides to do nothing with that and she just kind of sends it on its own little funeral out mm-hmm. into the ocean. Yeah. Um, and she says, who's to say exactly how things end? If there is one thing we have learned, it is that life's endings are bereft of answers. And so we don't really get any kind of explanation on what this immortality is or she also doesn't get any kind of explanation on what it is or how it works. Yeah. Darius never really got the mystery of the house servant and who he was exactly were if his best friend had a crush on his girlfriend too, or if he had a crush on him, um, which was also kind of implied of like maybe he just wanted to hang out with me and didn't want her to inter intervene and and stuff like that too. So yeah, there's just life has a bunch of mysteries and that's okay. Yeah. Yes. That that Sometimes is one of the things you come away with from this book. You don't know things, but that's what life is like coming to terms with life is mysteries, including the mystery of why do we die? What's on the other side? Is there any purpose to it? Like you have to make your own purpose. You have to make your own meaning. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend this book enough. The art is stellar. It is fantastic. 
Um, this hardcover edition that I have here uh, is really cool. It has a bunch of um, stuff in the back. It has some stuff that was originally published in Panel X Panel or Panel by Panel. I'm not sure how you pronounce the magazine, um, but it is a comics publication that does a bunch of uh, literary analysis um it's a phenomenal eisner award winning magazine um but it has some ancillary material here in the back that was originally published in issue number 47 of that magazine back in 2021 on breaking story how to write for an artist how to think visually when writing uh has some stuff from the artist felipe andrade on his artistic method on the book um stuff like that how to bring the characters to life and coloring the book uh as well as some of the some stuff that the letterers uh did on of just how to make this book feel more alive um mm. and stuff like that some interview stuff and then it has some some sketch work it has a cover gallery it, it, it's a really really nice hard nice. cover that i think you guys should should all check out um but one of the reasons that i also wanted to pitch this book now when i did uh is because this same creative team ram v and felipe andrade is working on another book called rare flavors uh mm. f- flavors is spelled out the british way with the oh. u um and it is I, I i'm not sure exactly what it's about i i, I think you can tell by the name it is centered around food personally i'm getting the vibe it's like rich people food culture trying weird and exotic things and I don't know why I'm getting this. I'm only speculating, but like maybe trying human meat or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. That could be completely wrong. This is what wrong. you can Who imagine. Knows? Right. If there's any mysterious food story, you're like, are they going to eat somebody? <laughs> to the question on all of our minds. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think be on the lookout for that book, too, because I think that'll be really, really cool. Do you have any other kind of final thoughts while I pull no. up bingo here? Bingo. All right. Let's get to bingo review show bingo. All kinds of entertainment tropes, comic book tropes, movie tropes. Um, I got one. We got a ghost. We got ghost! ourselves a good old ghost. Finally. Thank you. Moon moon. Or mun mun. I don't know how to p- p- pronounce that um let's see arted to death no didn't realize my own strength no cat and mouse game mm, no no i don't think so i think that's it i just got a ghost yeah. that's Good the only I have, thing that i got here i have eight bingos now oh I'm, I'm still behind i don't know how much i have i think you have three exactly fuck <laughs> good lord anyways uh that is our quick update for bingo melissa is crushing it right now and i am far behind um but yeah uh recommendations melissa for people who enjoyed this what else might you recommend 
Uh, I want to mention first that one of my favorite film essayists on YouTube is Patrick H. Willems. Uh, and he just did a video about a month ago. It's a big, meaty, like 80 minute video called I Went to India to Learn About Bollywood. Uh, and him and one of his friends and creative partners is from India. And so this friend cool. took him on a tour of various spots and he picked like six or so important movies in like Bollywood history and went to a location tied with each one, like where That's it was awesome. filmed or, you know, uh, I think he goes to the theater that's still playing DDLJ every day after like 30 years. It's a Amazing. really fun educational video. And I bring this up just because that was the only reason why I knew where Goa was when this book went to Goa. Like I just learned about that place. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to recommend a multimedia web story that you could very approximately categorize as a web comic. 17,776 or what football will look like in the future. This is a story hosted on a sports blog called SB Nation. And it is a piece of creative fiction by author John Bois. And it is about a future in the year 17,776 where these satellites that have been launched into space, one of them finally sort of like awakens into sentience and encounters his two like older sibling satellites who were launched before him and are like more have been like awake longer. And anyway, it's these three satellites that are watching earth from space. Mm -hmm. And we live in this future now where humans have stopped aging and stopped dying and stopped being born like humanity. It's just froze one day. Yeah. And like they solved all these world problems. There are no social ills. There's not like war or poverty or hunger or anything like that. So it's just about what humanity does with their time when life is infinite and there are no major problems to solve. And so they play football. They play American football and they play it on a huge scale. Like the people who are players now, because they don't have needs like they've evolved past human needs like they don't need like sleep or food or like medicine in the same way right so they will play football across like massive massive stretches of land like okay this goal post is in wyoming and this goal post is in indiana go and these people just run run across <laughs> the country and games of football will last years like, this is the world sport now, is this, like, infinite mega football. Everybody yeah. watches it. Everybody is so into it. There's all these weird case studies and, like, crazy specific games, like, weird rules they had to invent. And it's just these satellites looking down at what humanity is now and what this game is now. And it's about the purpose of... Why do we play games? Why do we like sports? Why do we like entertainment? Why do we like these stories? Yeah. And, you know, what does it mean when humans are immortal? How do they fill their time? How do they make meaning? It's mm -hmm. funny. It's strange. And it is so touching. There, are, I cry at this 
weird multimedia <laughs> football satellite comic. I cry at it. There's things in there that have haunted me. It's so beautiful. Uh, we did a Patreon bonus episode talking about this years we ago. We did, yeah. Yeah. A uh, very high concept, but yeah, surprisingly adept at analyzing life and humans and why we do what we yes. do. There is some like oddly beautifully poetic stuff in, in yes. that that I don't think you would expect with such a strange concept here. They talk about how there's this one light bulb in like a fire station in San Francisco or something that's like this weird fluke miracle light bulb that just keeps burning. It hasn't burnt out like way past the natural lifespan of a light bulb. It's been going for like decades now and how like when a football accidentally hits it, humanity mourns because that is the last thing that has died in like recent memory. It's it's so poignant, this yeah. silly football comic. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I have a few recommendations mm-hmm. that I can mention here. Uh, so I, I, if, if you want more, uh, stuff written by Ram V, uh, he's become one of my favorite writers in, uh, the past couple of years. Um, he wrote, uh, along with James Tinney in the fourth, uh, wrote justice league dark for quite a mm-hmm. while. And when it was ha- happening, uh, was one of Daisy comics best like like secretly best books i don't know why more people weren't reading it but it was incredible it was so good and if you want more of the like dark magic side of dc comics um rom v has his fingers kind of in that he also recently did a swamp thing uh mini harry's um and uh i've also mentioned on the show before his graphic novel blue and green um, I believe that's the name. Yeah. Um, and it is this kind of psychological horror uh, about this guy trying to find out more information on this musician uh, that he only like has like a, a picture of or something like that. Um, I'm not explaining it to great, but it is this uh, kind of like music based horror story in which this guy is contemplating legacy and memory and death and it, it's a really really in- interesting read for sure um but then i also mentioned at the start of the podcast i kill giants um mm. which is not written by rom v but is another book that i think affected me on an emotional level kind of unlike any other comics have um my mom is a cancer survivor uh, and she got it when I was really, really young. And so I n- n- never really, really un- understood exactly everything it meant and what it was. And I never really knew how to express that or deal with those emotions. And that book just destroyed me. It it, it was like, that is exactly how I feel. I just, I, I have all these feelings all these thoughts but i don't know how to express them or put them into words or deal with them in a certain way um 
And that book is kind of about that. There's a young girl who uh, seems to be retreating into some kind of fantasy uh, that these giants are coming to the town and that she's the only one that can kill them. Uh, And it is there's 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 kind of a mystery of like, are these giants real or not here? Is this actually a fantasy or is it not? Um, and as that mystery unravels, you kind of learn the real reasons behind the, all of the stuff and what's ha- happening. And it's uh, it's a really interesting one for sure. Um, the last thing that I would like to recommend is Osamu is Osamu Tezuka's uh, Buddha, his manga ah. Buddha. It is about the life and times of the titular Buddha. Um, what's interesting to me is that this book starts before he's even born and it kind of tells the life and times around him rather than solely focusing on him as the main character. Um, it, it, it brings in adventures of people around him and, and stuff like that and how they were affected by 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 him it is just this big grand story about life and death and there's plenty of adventure and comedy and it's just it's an epic tale that i think uh has some really really interesting um musings just on what is life how should we live our lives is it worth following teachings like this where we kind of give up all our our possessions or stuff like that um so yeah i I would recommend those things great stuff nice indeed melissa it's your turn to do pitches yes next week kyle inside each of us there are two wolves there is barbie and there is Oppenheimer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was telling <laughs> you that I, I was thinking of, of doing <laughs> I was telling you I was Black thinking of doing pitches based on Oppenheimer. <laughs> I, I have on a pink shirt underneath Barbie. a black sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do a series of pitches based on Oppenheimer, but I couldn't make it to three. And I'm like, you can't leave Barbie out like that. That's not fair. So this is a binary pitch this week. I have two movies. Mm. One is very much in the Oppenheimer vein, and the other one is very much in the Barbie vein. Which so, do I feed? Make your choice. Yes. Which wolf do you feed? Uh, pitch number one. In the Oppenheimer vein, I have the movie The Current War. This mm. is a movie about the rise of electricity, and it follows uh, Edison, Westinghouse, and Tesla as they fight for who's going to be like the godfather of electricity, who's really got it down. It's AC versus DC. It's about selling your type of electricity to different markets and who's going to get the bigger market. And like, you know, who's the first electricity to power an electric chair and how does that make your reputation look Mm, stuff like that? Uh, We've a, a good cast here. Benedict Cumberbatch is edison michael shannon is westinghouse nicholas holt is tesla tom holland is a guy who works for edison 
just also in the mix. I don't I don't boy. think he's a major historical figure. <laughs> right. Tom Holland is boy. <laughs> I really like this movie. I caught this on like when I had a trial of stars for something. Interesting. What I found okay. is the director's cut. Uh, and then when I found this DVD at the store also labeled the director's cut. So I have no idea what the status of the theatrical cut is. I don't know if the yeah. director's cut is completely like overwritten it, but yeah. I, this movie's a really interesting look at the specific place in history with this thing. We all know the electricity, like how much work it took to actually get it into our homes, how much strife that was, how much rivalry that was. You and, will like, learn the shocking thing. truth. <laughs> <laughs> truly and it's it's filmed in a really beautiful way there's interesting uses of sort of atypical presentation like triptychs of frames up there on the mm. screen it's an interesting one i'd really like to watch it again so a movie about the perils of invention the current war okay and good stuff good on stuff. the other hand the other wolf you may feed is a tale of bright, happy, family-friendly, nostalgic characters encountering the harshness of the real world. It is the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> okay, the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> this is a film from the 90s that is a spoof on the Brady Bunch. It's like, what if the actual Brady Bunch? None of the original actors are here. Some of them appear in cameos, but it's... uh. Gary Cole and Shelley Long are are the parents here. They are Mike and mm -hmm. Carol Brady. What if the Brady Bunch existed exactly the way you remember them from the 70s sitcom, but they just live now in like the harsh MTV 90s? Like you, you just picked them up and dropped them there and they are not changing. How does the world adapt to the Brady's? <laughs> what are their interactions like? What do their neighbors think? What are the other kids at school think? interesting um and it's the main plot is they have just one week to come up with twenty thousand dollars in back taxes or they'll lose their house to their scheming neighbor michael mcgeehan <laughs> and then it's got like we visit all the classic things marcia gets her nose hit by Marcia. A, Marcia, a Marcia. right this is you said it yourself earlier today sure jan this sure, is Jim. what it's from. <laughs> like that's I don't think it's from this movie. I don't think that's like the adaptation of the original series. People are not quoting the original Brady Bunch. They are quoting this secondhand <laughs> 90s spoof, the Brady Bunch movie. That's um, funny. And for the listeners, I have held up physical discs for both of these. These are both yeah. Melissa favorites. This is like I loved this movie to death when I was like eight years old. I haven't seen it in a long time though. Oh, man. Um, right. Part of me wants to go with the current war because I know you 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 were on this. Like, I want to do movies about, like, science conflict or, or just, like, <laughs> science in, in, gen, in general, right? Um, but the B B Brady Bunch also feels like a good one considering we just read the Flintstone comics <laughs> not True. too long ago. Uh, right. which I, it, it is a f favorite of mine um and i think those would go hand in hand <laughs> mm. um oh man oh lord um i'm gonna go 
I think I'm gonna go with the Brady Bunch on this one. Okay. <laughs> I th- I think that sounds fun, and I think it's such a juxtaposition to what we just read here. This like, it, like, like it it has its moments of comedy, but the many deaths Absolutely. of L- L- Lila Star pretty serious. Ah. Also, this is a. I thought I should Google it since you don't own a disc of this. I'm like, wait, where can Kyle actually see it? Uh, this is for free on Pluto. Okay. So there enjoy. Indeed, the Brady indeed. Bunch movie, a childhood classic. Uh, this is an interesting time to watch it, I think, on the lead up to Barbie. And yeah, coming off of things like the Flintstones, I think this may be the time in the Whatnots history when we visit the Brady Bunch. <laughs> we finally made it here. The thing you've all been waiting for. The Brady and Bunch. Tune next in week. next year when we watch that weird life. That weird Beverly Hillbillies movie from the 90s, too. <laughs> There's a whole slew of these. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, we will wrap things up there. Next week, we will watch the Brady Bunch movie. Um, be on the lookout for that. Get excited about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. You guys can find me uh, at Yo Kyle Springer. Uh, and if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do, we are at uh, at the Whatnots on Twitter. We're also on th- on threads now at the Whatnots official. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer there too. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, we got some more v- videos for you right over there on that side of the screen. Go help us out and click on one of those. Go watch something else. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed this one. This has been number 261 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.